All right, so I'm just going to do kind of a high level overview of estate planning, and I'm going to do mostly uh, Q&A time. So it's going to be kind of a short presentation on estate planning and then open it up to questions and kind of let you guys guide the conversation um, at that point. But the slide deck that I'm going to use is more of just an ultimate estate planning guide for real estate investors. So it's a very high level. There's a lot of slides here as part of this presentation. I'm not going to go over each one too in depth, but if you do want to jump in and uh, ask any questions while I'm going along, that works, but I'll also do a little Q&A at the end. All right, so the first slide is just a little bit about me. So I'm a real estate investor. I'm more on the smaller level. Uh, I only have a couple properties currently. I'm looking to scale more in the future, but I am, uh, I'm located in Ohio as well. But my background, I know I've done a couple of these presentations before and a lot of you guys were on those uh, presentations and I've told you my background before, but I worked uh, at a couple different firms before joining Royal Legal doing kind of higher level estate planning, asset protection, Medicaid planning, elder law type of work. So my background largely was in estate planning prior to joining Royal Legal. Um, I did have some real estate background. I used to have my sales license. My family has uh, rental properties. And then I kind of worked with them on purchasing them. So I've always had a passion for real estate. But on the legal side, after law school, I mostly worked in estate planning. So the first thing that I want to touch on is who needs an estate plan, because I feel like most clients, I'm not going to say they get it wrong, but they tell me that either I don't have enough assets to need an estate plan, or I'm not old enough, or in a situation in life to need an estate plan. So... What I always like to tell people is I think anyone who's 18 years or older should have an estate plan in place of some sort. Um, an estate plan is not all about where your assets go when you die, because unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, most people, you don't just die suddenly. You have health issues and things like that come up. It's not live a happy, healthy life and can handle everything myself. And then suddenly I just die in my sleep one day. Most people, you have strokes, heart attacks, other health conditions that come up. So part of an estate plan is having systems in place for who's going to carry on and take over your business and assist you with business stuff and even personal stuff with getting bills paid and stuff like that when something happens to you. Um, I always tell people, I think that a financial power of attorney is the most important document in an entire estate plan. Because by the time someone needs to help you with your bills or help you with running your business, you're probably not in a state to be able to sign one. So you should have one in place ahead of time because we're, I mean, we're thinking of let's maybe a stroke. You have a stroke, you're in rehabilitation, you didn't pass away or anything, but you're not going to be able to sign a document at that time to put someone in charge of your finances. So you really need to have that in place ahead of time. And unfortunately, catastrophic things can happen at any age. You can get in a car accident, have a traumatic brain injury at 18, 19 years old. So you, everyone should have 
an estate plan in place at any age. And then when you are like most of you all and what I'm working towards, having a business, having different stuff to manage, it's especially important for you to have an estate plan in place because someone needs to keep that business going. Um, you don't want the business to default and have all kinds of issues. And you don't want someone to have to go through getting a guardianship of you just to be able to handle your business affairs. Guardianships are absolute nightmares. I used to do them. That was what I did when I first got out of law school for a firm. I handle a lot of their guardianship stuff. It's a nightmare. Um, I'm a little bit older now, experienced, so I don't do that. I pass that on to other new attorneys because no one wants to do those. They're awful. Um, so then the big question is, why do roughly 70% of people not have any estate plan in place if it's so important? Um, again, because people believe that you need to be ultra wealthy to have an estate plan. Um, another one I run into every day talking to people is people are very uncomfortable with the topic of dying or planning on dying, planning for their death, planning for a catastrophic injury like I talked about, dealing with the what ifs. People don't want to talk about that. It's, a, it's an uncomfortable topic. Fortunately, I spent some time in the military and had to kind of face death and the idea of death head on. So I'm a little more comfortable talking about it for someone who's only 30 than most people, but most people don't want to talk about it. And then a lot of people say, I want, I'll deal with it when I get old. I don't need to deal with it now. Like I just talked about, you should get it done early in your life and you can always tweak it as you age and as life and your situation changes. So you can always make changes to it, but you really need to get one when you're young. And then most people believe that it's expensive to create and maintain. For an estate plan, there's really not a lot of maintenance cost, and it's really not that expensive comparatively to other things that you can do when you're starting out. I know when I say that something's expensive or not expensive, it's all relative. Everyone has different ideas of what's expensive and not expensive, but for the value that it provides and the rate, I mean, in the return on investment, I really don't think it's expensive. Next is uh, what can you do on your own? So um, a little bit about this. I did a presentation previously on DIY stuff and people who DIY and try to do everything on their own. You should not try to do everything on your own as someone who's handled probate as well and assist people with estate planning. Doing it on your own can end up causing a nightmare or I've had clients who did a will on LegalZoom and then the court won't even accept the will. So it doesn't even matter that they did a will. It's basically as if they didn't do one because it's missing some of the requirements that that particular state needs. Um, like in Ohio, it requires two witnesses. The one that I had just had it notarized, no witnesses. So I had to try to petition with the court to get it accepted didn't work. They treated it as if they never did a will. I couldn't even introduce it as evidence of what their actual wishes were. So it's one of those things. It's better to have a professional do it, but there are some things you can do on your own. You can create an inventory of your assets, which will help whoever is handling it for you after you're gone, maybe a spreadsheet, something along those lines. Um, 
you will need to determine who you are going to have play what role. So who you want to handle your finances, who you want to make healthcare decisions, who you want to handle your business, things like that. And then determine who you want to be your heirs or beneficiaries. If you have a charitable interest and you want them included, if you want uh, your kids to be your heirs, but want certain speed bumps put in place, things like that are things to think about as well. Um, so what assets are a part of your estate plan or what needs to be planned for? Basically everything, real estate, your businesses, vehicles, personal property, any bank accounts, stocks, bonds, investment accounts, mutual funds, CDs, life insurance, retirement assets. It's all part of your estate plan. So all of it needs to be planned for and properly addressed. One of the things that I've run into um, working with clients from Royal is a lot of times people go through getting the estate plan set up, but they haven't properly funded the estate plan. So they haven't pointed their assets to their trust if they have a trust. So that's important as well. Just getting a trust isn't worth the paper it's printed on. It's, it's useless unless you actually fund it, make stuff payable in death to the trust, transfer stuff to the trust while you're living, set your business up to go into the trust. Um, it's, not, it's not worth the paper it's printed on. I worked for an attorney previously who set up estate plans but never helped people fund it, never talked to them about it. Everything ends up in probate. You have a trust but you still have to go through probate and pay an attorney five to 7% of the value of the assets because it never got moved to the trust. So it's important to have that inventory of your assets when you meet with the attorney and talk about setting up the estate plan. That way you can go one by one down each asset and figure out how to best point it to the trust. Then the fiduciary side of things, finding the fiduciary. Um, do you have someone that you trust? Do you want more than one person to do it? What are your family dynamics like? Uh, do you have children that don't get along, that can't stand each other? Stuff like that. How complex is uh, your estate? So do you have seven different businesses and hundreds of properties? Stuff like that. And then you really want a fiduciary that has good financial skills. You don't want someone who does not. Um, another important one that is up here, not up here that I've ran into recently is if you have minor children, does your fiduciary have the backbone to say no if they ask for something out of the trust? If they don't have the backbone, if it's grandma and grandma's a pushover and just gives everything to the kids, if the kids come and say, I want to, can I get some money out of there for a Lamborghini? And grandma just gives them the money for it. Then, but you had speed bumps in place to try to prevent that. At the end of the day, you want a fiduciary that's going to actually fulfill your wishes that you put on the document. So you want to make sure you have someone with enough of a backbone to say no when they're asked for different items or assets. Who are your beneficiaries? Are they minor children? 
then you have to think about when you want them to receive uh, their assets or their inheritance. Do you want them to get everything at 18? Do you want it to be 20, 25, 30, 35? Do you want different ages? Do you want them to accomplish different things with their life before they're able to have access? Do you want a requirement of a college education or them to have started their own business? Stuff like that. Um, do any of them have issues in their life, whether that be supplemental needs, uh, substance abuse, any issues like that? Do you have contingent beneficiaries listed on everything that you can list beneficiaries on? If you don't have contingent and your primary passes away, the asset has to go through probate if you don't get it updated. So you wanna make sure you have backups listed there. Do you have charitable interest? And what's the best way to address your charitable interest while minimizing what Uncle Sam can get in taxes? So it might be best to, if you wanna give $25,000 to a charity, maybe to do it out of a tax deferred retirement account instead of a life insurance policy or something along those lines. And then make sure that you address every single retirement account and every single life insurance policy that you have. And then there's two different types of estate planning. Really, there's will-based and trust-based planning. Will-based is going to be a little bit cheaper of an option, but it's definitely not as thorough of an option. Um, most people, I run into a lot of people who say, I have a will, so I'm good to go, right? A will is literally just instructions for the probate court. It still goes through probate. It's just telling the court who you want to have the stuff. So just having a will is not enough to avoid probate. Um, if you have minor children, it's really not a good scenario because it, create, it will create a trust for the minor children under 18, but the court has final say in everything. So you have to keep records of all the money and how it's being utilized and get approval from the court for any of that. There's also no additional control. So I was talking about speed bumps or like college, um, education, starting a business. None of that is contained in a will. Um, it can be a time consuming process and it's public record. If it does go to probate, takes anywhere from six months to 18 months. Six months is if you're really fortunate in a probate process, uh, 18 months, 12 months, anywhere in there. And all the documentation is public record. Anyone can call the court and request to see the documents and their public record. And there's also issues with creditors being able to come after anything that's in the estate that goes through probate. So it's just unenjoyable and an expensive process. It's, I always tell people, uh, it's good for me. I do probate work in Ohio. It's good for me. I make money off of you, but it's, I might, to be honest, I might do three or four hours worth of work in a probate case myself. And I could get fees of like 20 to 25,000 because it's set by the court. So for the amount of work that the attorney actually does, it's insane how much they charge because there's no argument. There's no like arguing with the client or anything. You just say, here's what the rule is from the court. It says I get four and a half percent. That's it is what it is. All right. Trust based planning. There's no probate involved. 
you have the additional control I was talking about. It's not public. It's a uh, fairly quick. It might take six weeks instead of six months. So it's quick and inexpensive. Uh, protection against creditors because you can get a spendthrifted trust. And then it also has protection for disabled heirs. So if something happens and someone's on a means-based government assistance program, um, you can have a supplemental needs trust that's built into your trust to protect it in terms of them being kicked off of a means-based program. So think of like traumatic brain injury, SSI. Um, and what most people do, what we do here at Royal Legal is we build in a supplemental needs trust or a special needs trust into the document, whether you have kids who need it now or not, just in case something happened in the future, they're protected then. So for real estate investors, you guys have certain needs as well for a trust plan that most people, it's not that they don't need, but it's more important to you. Most of you, especially clients of Royal Legal, enjoy the privacy. So you don't want people to know what properties you own, what assets you own, what you're worth, what your business is worth. A trust, you get that privacy because the court's not involved. You also get additional control over your assets. I've noticed meeting with clients a lot of times, they want their business to keep going. They're worried about the kids selling it immediately after they die. You're building this. A lot of people are building this to pass on for generations and to set their family up for success for generations to come. So you can do that through a trust plan. A trust plan. Um, so that's allowing you to have your business built to continue on. And then there's tax advantages as well with capital gains and the step up in basis from using a trust plan. Another additional thing, which it's addressed if you have a structure in place, uh, similar to like what we have, or most of you have in place for holding the properties. But if you're holding them personally and they're in multiple states, you're gonna have to go through probate in every state that you hold property in when you die. So if you just own them in your personal name and you have properties in different states, you could have that four and a half percent I was talking about could be in three or four different states and you're gonna have to pay attorneys in each state to do it. And that six to 18 months becomes six to 18 months, three times, because it's gonna to have to be done in the state you live in before it can be done in any other state. All right, and then this is just kind of a chart that shows how the estate plan ties into the structure that we have for clients. Um, so everything ties back to the living trust and the estate plan as a whole. I'm not gonna go over this too in depth, but it does all tie back together. The estate plan would own all of it. 